You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Well, it is a privilege for us to be with you guys today, and we have missed not being with you the last couple years. I know uh, everything with COVID and stuff that was happening with travel and stuff, we were just so busy at the Bible school, and but we kept talking to Pastor Kent, and we had talked about it a couple times, like, well, well, maybe you'll do something by Zoom, and I'm glad it worked out to come this time, and so we are really honored to be here uh, again, this uh, church, the church family, Pastor Kent, Liz, Katie, I feel like family, and the more we get to know more and more of you, and so thank you for having us, and we, be- we believe that this is going to be a special time of just encouraging, and just something that the Lord wants to share with you. We got the privilege uh, last night to speak to some of the leaders. We really, really enjoy doing that with you guys. So thank you for giving us your time last night. Yeah, and and, um, I know that uh, we've been asked a couple of times, you know, why are you guys even here? (laughs) (laughs) It was the way Pastor Ken said it, like, Pastor Ken was like, you know, why why did you guys bother coming? (laughs) No. Um, One thing that we appreciate whenever we come here is that there are hungry hearts here. There are people who want to learn, who want to change, who want to grow. And it's very exciting for us because we understand the, the potential that's on the inside of each one of us is so much greater than we, even we realize sometimes, amen? You look at uh, all the things that God has already given us, and we just appreciate people who are pursuing after the Lord, and that's really and truly is the group that we see around here. So again, Pastor Ken, Pastor Liz, thank you so much for having us here, and uh, we'll do and our best not, not to embarrass you. And there's not a lot, there's not a lot of people that we, um, you know, consider as far as when we go out and we travel, you know, maybe a top one or two or three, and we'd say you're the top one, well, I mean, at least because you're here, at least. And... Um, <laughs> You know, they, they started this a long time ago. I so. know. The first time I came was for a women's conference about, what, five years ago or something? And um, after we left, uh, I went home and I was like, we need to go back. You need to go back. And he's like, why? And I'm like, man, Pastor Kent and Liz, I mean, it was like, we just like became family. Like, Pastor Kent, I just started egging and poking him like he was a brother immediately. This is God. <laughs> And he's like, okay. And then, <laughs> anyway, so we just love being here. And uh, we just want to encourage you guys with the word today. And, you know, m- many times, you know, when we go in to speak someplace, you know, you want to be able to uh, bless people. And what I love is that we're just going to minister something to you that we feel like the Lord has put on our heart for you this morning. It's simple, but yet it's profound. And so we just ask that you just open up your hearts to it. I just, uh, I want to say thank you for praise and worship today. It was so powerful. And, um, you know, one of the things I, I just want to, I want to say this, and it's part of, part of what I want to share today, but I was just thinking about it that, you know, what worship does, it's really, really important, you guys, because we're declaring things, we're singing things, and sometimes, you know, you're still half awake, and you're still trying to do your coffee, and you're, you know, you're, you're comparing your voice to someone else around you, and we've got to get out of all of that and really get into worship, because it is, it is part of warring. And so the first two songs that we sang today, I was just a puddle, because those two songs, um, the first one, 
and then the second one especially, those are two songs that I would stand by my sister's bed while she was in COVID. She was 57 days on the ventilator and they had put a DNR on her, do not resuscitate. And I stood beside her and I was dancing. I will sing a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. And so I just, I wanna encourage you that all of what we're putting in ourselves, the investment you're making into worship and the word and coming to church, is key because it becomes the declaration and authority when you go out into this world. And those things have power. Amen. So thank you for worship. It was awesome. So Karen, I just wanted to share with you this morning, just take a little bit of time just to really encourage you in the word and just to remind you of some very basic principles that God has given to us. Just, just the fact sometimes, you know, Pastor Kent was talking about some things that he feels are upcoming, and I'll tell you, I agree with that. I think there's a lot of things in this world that are coming that are going to, in my opinion, drive people to the church, drive people to the Lord. And I'm excited about it, not going through difficult times, but I'm excited about the potential here because God never changes, and God's word never changes, and his promises are awesome. And when you, the fact that you and I do not have to live by this world's economies, mentalities, or even the way that they see each other is so amazing to me. We have been given a word that, is, that, is, that supersedes anything else that's around us. So in doing that, what, I'm, what, what we want to remind you about is not to get caught up in the world's mentalities, not to see yourself like the world sees you, or even sometimes like they see themselves. We really want to talk about taking the limits off of God in our lives, stepping into all the amazing things that God has for us. You know, it's, it's incredible what God has done for us and how, how much we can get distracted from those principles if we're living and if we're focused on the world. That's why it's so important that we keep our focus and our eyes on the Word of God and truly on our relationship with Him. I'm going to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. And, uh, we're going to go through Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation today, so. We figured we'd... we'd, we'd Pastor Ken said people start walking out around noon, but we figured we can go to about two, hopefully. So. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so in Genesis chapter 1, just to remind you of who, of who actually you were meant to be, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26, um, God had already created the heavens and the earth, and he created the, the seas, he created the animals, all these amazing things. And then he, he stopped and he, and, and he looked at himself and he said, okay, now it's time to do something a little bit different. And God said, in verse number 26, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. Guys, that's amazing. You and I have been created in the image of God. You know, sometimes we look in the mirror and we don't see God's image. We see our, our mistakes because that's what we're looking for. And it's so important when we look in the mirror, especially in the mirror of the Word of God, that we see all that God has created and the potential that He's created us to, to live in. It goes on to say, the, in the image of God created He Him. Male and female created He them. Guys, that, that, I mean, there's so much to say in the world and how the world defines things nowadays. We'll just go, go on, get on past that because I think we all have the under, understanding that there's male and female, and that's it. Um, but when, when, when we know that we've been created in the image of God, I think, that, I think we begin to start dreaming bigger. We, we begin to start imagining things differently. We, we begin to start taking the limits off of our own lives because 
it, it's amazing what God has done. And, and there's a differentiation here. You know, when, when, I, uh, when I looked at the word image in the Strong's, I'm going to pull it up real, real quick here. It's amazing. Um, it, it comes from the word selim, T-S-E-L-E-M. And, and what's, what's really cool about that is it, it, it talks about um, who we're created to be, but it, but it actually it's defined as an empty shell. And I thought about that. I'm like, well, well Lord, how, is that, how could that be just, just an empty shell? When you talk about an image, it's like a mirror image. It's, it's, it's a shadow. It's an empty shell. But what's amazing about that is that the explanation of who we are and how we're created didn't stop there. If you go over to Genesis chapter 2, I'd like you to, to look over in, in verse number 7. It says this in Genesis chapter 2, And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So when God created man, when God looked at, at himself and he created man and decided, I'm going to create man after my image, he said, I'm going to create a shell. But then once he created that shell, what did he do? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He breathed into him the, very, the spirit of God, the, 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 the sustenance. Uh, if you look in the, and I'm going to pull up here, um, it goes on to say, uh, and the man became a living soul. And I'm going to pull up here out of the Strong's what that word living means. It, it comes from the Greek word che, and it means alive. It, it means uh, a living thing. And, ver- and, and one of the definitions there, actually, it actually says it means community. Now think about this. When God breathed into us his spirit, he breathed the com- communal spirit of himself into you and I. Everything that he is, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead, he breathed that into you and I. Capacity, uh, identity, all that got breathed into who we truly are nowadays. Now, of course, we understand that when, as time went on, man sinned. We understand that man fell short. We understand that, that a sin nature came upon us. But how many of you are grateful for Jesus? Because when Jesus came, he came and restored us to our original point of creation. We, you and I, when we accepted Jesus into our hearts, all of a sudden that same breath got breathed back into us and the Spirit of God came to live alive on the inside of us. And that community, the Godhead, now came to live in our bodies. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 said, In him, talking about Jesus, dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And, but it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say, and we are complete in him. We now have the community of the Godhead living on the inside of us. And oftentimes, like I said before, when we look in the mirror, what we do is we see everything that we're not. We see all of our boundaries. And God's trying to get us to look past that and say, guys, it's, it's no longer good enough to see yourself after the flesh. It's no longer to see yourself good enough with the, with the borders that you place around yourself. Now it's time to see, our, see ourselves the way that God sees us, and that's limitless because of his spirit living on the inside of us. So when we talk about this aspect of not limiting God, right? So many times we're thinking about our own to-do lists, our own schedules, our own lifestyle, our own commitments. But this is so important that we remember and we go back to the Word to see that we've been made complete in Christ. We have to remember the power of that fullness of God inside of us, because what that does is it causes us to say, Lord, I don't want to live by the limitations of this world. 
And I'm telling you, the world not only tells you what you can't do, it tells you what you shouldn't do, it tells you who you aren't, right? And so we gotta get to the place where as a believer, just number one, as a believer, but then as a community, as a church body, right? As a church body, as a whole of a believers in this world for such a time as this, we're declaring, no, this is who our God is, not who we are, this is who our God is. And that is reflected out of us. One of, one of the scriptures I love, and I think I shared this, I think I shared this five years ago when I was at the women's conference, even when the Lord reminded me of it this morning. Uh, he said, remind them what you spoke of. So in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, and it talks about this. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Those are powerful verses. And it's, it, what's powerful about this is the word glory. When you look up the word glory, it has all these definitions. Let me give them to you. It says glory means honor, splendor, power, wealth, authority, fame, and excellencies of a majestic God upon you. That's the definition of glory. So this is what it says. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the honor, the splendor, the power, the wealth, the authority, the fame, and the ex excellencies of my majestic God is upon you. And we walk around thinking that God can't use us. And he says, listen, your light has come. That's what's so beautiful about every single one of our testimonies and this this salvation that we've received, that glory of the Lord has come upon us. Not just come upon us like it did of the prophets of old. It would rest, it would prophesy, it would speak, and then it would leave. Praise God, the presence of God doesn't come and leave us. Amen. It lives and dwells among us. So that majestic aspect of God, that fame, that glory, that authority of God rests within you and I. So this is what you and I have to do. We have to choose to arise and shine. And that means that we get out of these limitations that we're placing on ourselves. Because I'm telling you, there's all kinds of voices and all kinds of reasons why you need to stay put where you are, according to the devil. There's all kinds of things that he's telling you you can't do. But this is saying you get to have the decision to arise and shine. And guys, that doesn't mean just like, okay, all right, I'll do this missioning thing they're talking about. I guess I'll do that. You guys, I'm not just talking about an act of outreach. I'm talking about a mentality that you are taking ownership of this calling of, you know what? I am filled with the Spirit of God. I am here for such a time as this. And so I am choosing to arise in every sphere of my life. I'm not going to just settle for whatever kind of a a black and white marriage. No, I'm going to rise and shine and I'm going to have a full color marriage. You know what? I'm not going to have, you know, this about my finances. I'm not going to constantly live in worry and discouragement and envy and jealousy of what other people have. No, I'm going to rise and I'm going to shine and I'm going to see God's financial prosperity over my life in a whole other way. It's this ownership of position because you know it's not just you. It's the spirit of God within you. You know, oftentimes what we'll do is we'll say, you know, that's great for Pastor Kent because he's the pastor. So obviously he's, 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 he's soup well. Kind of. 
Love you, Pastor Kim. No, he's super spiritual. Pastor Liz, she's even more spiritual, you know, because she has to live with him. And, and <laughs> he's going to have the microphone last so he can say whatever he wants like, to and say. And that's the last time you're coming. <laughs> uh, and, and when we look at the leadership around the body and we say, okay, if you're a leader in the church, yeah, that's absolutely them. But you know something? I just come to church and I, and I go to my job and I do this and, and, uh, and, and that's how I operate. That's such a, a cow-tailing mentality. That will, that, that will actually put you in a grave early. I'll tell you something. God has called us and put limits, limitless power on the inside of us and said, as concerning my word, command ye me. That's incredible to me. The fact that the, the, this, the very spirit of, that was inside of Jesus is now alive on the inside of you and I. And God has given us so much ability and given us a word to truly, as a guidebook, as, as our instruction manual, as our lifestyle, uh, <clears throat> to, to determine our lifestyle. And what we'll do is we'll live humdrum lives going by the, by the things, the circumstances around us. Just because, we, just because I'm, just, I, I'm just a church goer. I'll tell you something, if, you're, if you have Jesus alive on the inside of you, you are the church. And, and church doesn't happen just inside this building. It happens wherever you go, wherever you set foot. The power and the capacity of the living God is alive on the inside of you. And it's only limited by our own mentalities, by the way that we think. And we have... We have world-changing power alive on the inside of us, and oftentimes we'll blend in with the world around us. And I'll tell you, I believe that we're in, I believe that, we have, uh, I'm sure you've heard this, and I'm, I'm sure many people have said this, I know Pastor Kent has said this, we're in the middle of, a, or in the, the midst of the third great awakening. And we have some awesome things that God wants to do through us, and it's not the heart of God for us to, to lay back and sit back and be tossed to and fro by every other doctrine or every, every, every other mentality or every other sickness or, or circumstances that comes our path, across our path. You and I have the Spirit of God on the inside of us, and we're supposed to establish culture, not be led by it. And I'll tell you something, when you're sitting in here and you're growing and you're learning, the learning doesn't stop here. We, don't, we, we, we come here and we see the... the the, the capacity that of God, who God truly is. But the reality is, is that when we step outside those doors, we should be experiencing that on a day-in day and day-out basis because of the power of God that's living on the inside of us. You guys are called to this community. You guys are called to the communities that are around here. And you're called to impact your families wherever they may live and your friends and, and all your spheres of influence to go forth and see transformation. And the only thing that's holding us back from that is our mentalities. That's why it's important that we go back to the Word. We discover all that He has for us. We discover the potential of the living God on the inside of us. This God, His Word has freed us to stop thinking like all the communities around us and start thinking like the community of the kingdom of heaven. You know what I think is really interesting? And, and somebody said this the other day, and I thought, man, that's a really good way to state it. You know, I was thinking about how the, 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 the enemy will have all kinds of lies that he'll share. But you know what's really interesting about the enemy? Is he'll use a personal pronoun. So it sounds like you. I don't know if God could ever use someone like me. There's just so much I don't know. I mean, there's, you don't know what I used to be, and those mentalities are so ingrained. I don't think I could ever change. And so the I, me dynamic 
it sounds like you. So because it sounds like you and it sounds so familiar, it's easy to think that, yeah, that's me. I'll tell you, the enemy is using personal pronouns and telling you what you can't do. Oh, I don't think I could ever, I don't think I could, you know, God could use something, someone like me. And oh, there's so much I have to learn before I could ever walk in that level or I could ever be used by God in that way. And it sounds like you and it sounds so real because you're using, the enemy's using your own voice. Because when the lie comes, what does it sound like? It doesn't sound like some hideous, you know, snaky voice. It sounds like your voice, doesn't it? And so it's realizing, wait a minute, you know what? I'm going to identify when the devil, when I hear even my own voice, my own head say, you know what? You're just not good at that. Someone else should do it. That's the enemy. Because the enemy's trying to get you to look at yourself versus look at who you are in the spirit. And that has to constantly be our anchor. That has to be every anchor that our mentalities come from. I can do this because of Jesus. I can say that because of the Lord. I can well, I'm well able to do that because the Spirit of God lives within me. And that's got to be a constant anchor of mentality that then every movement and thought comes from. And that's what takes transformation, doesn't it? It takes being in the Word and reminding ourselves, now this is how God sees me. Because I'll tell you, we all have excuses, every single one of us. Even Mike and I have to identify excuses. And I'm not going to tell you what your excuses are today, but let me, let me share some excuses, and they may find, might sound familiar. It's the whole, I don't have time to grow in the things of the Lord. Not, not that you don't have time to come to church because you're here today, but I'm talking about another level of just, you know, your everyday relationship. I just don't have time. I'm just so busy. How many of you are busy? How many of the summer is just packed? I was looking at the summer. I was like, what in the world? This is not supposed to be this busy, right? And so what happens is the speed of our life, right, the speed of our commitments, the speed of our work, the speed of all of these things can become the reason why we say, hey, you know what, God, you can't use me like that. And we fall into this just every day. And in Jeremiah chapter 1, and I always really like Jeremiah chapter 1, it was something that actually the Lord would speak to me over and over when I was in Russia. So I went to Russia in 1999. I spent 16 years as a missionary in Russia. And I remember the first uh, five, seven years that I was in Russia, uh, I was single. So Mike and I hadn't met yet. We actually met in Russia as missionaries. But I remember, you know, there was this constant, here I am, 21 years old. I've never been a leader. I really had never been a full-time teacher. I'd never, ever been a missionary. And I was having to live by faith for every single day and every single moment. And I didn't know the language, right? And it was Russia. And it was cold. Oh, it was so cold. Right? And so there was all of these things that were out of my comfort zone. And I'll tell you that it is actually out of your comfort zone that the biggest transformation happens. Do you know why? Because you cannot rest on what you know. You're so out of your comfort zone that you're having to pull on the spirit. And I'm telling you guys, we've got to be people that do not live in our comfort zones. And I'm not saying that comfort zones aren't fun and they're relaxing and you know exactly what's expected and you know exactly what he wants to do. 
But I, I'm telling you, even God's calling us, get out of your comfort zone. Get out of what you know and be, will, be willing to learn, be willing to grow, be willing to be stretched. Would you let the fullness of who I am really live through your life? And I'm telling you, getting out of your comfort zones means you step out, you speak up, you do different things, you obey at a different level. And when you do, there is a reward of obedience. I can't, even, I can't even tell you. And I, I, I shared this, I think it was at the I campus days, maybe this last year at Karis. But one of the biggest compliments I've ever received, this young girl came up to me and she said, thank you for your obedience. She said, because you were obedient, my life has been changed. And man, it impacted me. And I took that back and I was like, Lord, Lord. I'm telling you, your obedience has a fruit that will touch other people's lives. Your obedience has the ability to change and bring miracles to someone else. Not just someone else, even in your own life. To see stepping out of a comfort zone, stepping into obedience because I know that God loves me. And that's what's so powerful about obedience. That's what's so powerful about walking in the spirit and getting out of our comfort zones. When we realize, you know what, we are loved of God. And because he loves me, anything he asks me to do and he calls me to do has a blessing there. Because actually it's in that place of obedience, I will be more alive and more comfortable than I thought staying in my old comfort zone. The, actually, the things of the Spirit of God become your comfort. Become not just your comfort, but become your inspiration. Becomes your passion. You're saying, you know what? I don't want to, I just don't want to live in excuses anymore. I don't want to say, like Jeremiah, he said, Lord, I'm too young. I don't know. And God says, don't say that you are only a youth. Don't say you're only this. Don't say it's your past. Don't, don't put boundaries about God. Because he says, listen, I am bigger than any excuse or any comfort zone you have. If you can open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, these are some favorite scriptures of ours for us to share because it really does show us just the capacity. But, but I'll also say this, it's... Sometimes we look and we think, my life is a certain way, and we think that we're so far from the calling of God, or we're so far from the blessings of God, when the reality is that we're just one decision away from it. We're just, we're, we're just one point where we just say yes to the Lord, and all of a sudden, everything, the floodgates are open to us for, to, uh, for us to, to receive all that the Lord has for us. In Romans chapter 8, we're going to start in verse number 28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. Goes on to verse number 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called them. Who he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. Now, I just want to say, these are all declarations that God has given to you and I. These, this is all what God declares over our life. This is not something that we have to make up, but this is what God is saying. He's saying that you are called. How many people in this room are called? Every single hand should go up. You have a calling of God in your life. God has, God has planned for you to be alive right here, right now, during this time, during this season. When God looked throughout all of history, he said, what, what, what do I what is, uh, who is the best person to put in this period of time who's going to be most active in seeking after me? And he chose you. You're not a, you're not a mistake. 
You're not an accident. You are here on purpose for the plan of God, and you have a calling of God in your life. That's amazing. Okay, so you are called, justified. Every single one of us have been justified. If you accept, accepted Jesus into your heart, we have been justified by the blood of Jesus. We now are in the positions that we are in, not by accident, but by the purpose and plan of God. And it was his plan. It, it, it's not like you barely, you barely made it in by the, by, the neck, by the skin of your teeth. No. I'll tell you something. God, God predestined for you to be perfect in his sight. He planned a purpose for you. He goes on to say in, to be glorified as well. And we, we, God wants to bring you glory so you can bring glory unto him. God wants, to, God wants you to walk. You know, all, those, all those, that, that declaration from Pastor Ken, wasn't that awesome? Yeah. That, that is awesome. And that's the will of God. That lines up with the scriptures. That lines up with the word of God in terms of his promises for our lives. And when we walk out those promises, when other people look at us and say, everybody else is sick, but you're, you, but you're healthy. Everybody else is impoverished or, or they're depressed, but you're always happy and you always have more than enough. Well, why is that? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about where my eyes are and who I'm looking into. And all these different things are absolutely amazing. What God has declared over us, the fact that we're called, we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. We're called, we're justified, we're glorified. But I'll tell you something, the most important question, one of the most important questions in the word of God is, is there in verse number 31. It's absolutely powerful because that's God, these, these, all these principles are all God's declaration of your life. But what does verse number 31 say? What, what shall we say of those things? You know, how are we going to respond to that? You know, because, because the calling of God is without repentance. Whether you choose to follow after it or not, his calling is there. So I don't care if you're 8 or if you're 80, you are called if you're still alive. If your heart is pumping, you've got an awesome calling on your life. I think it's this, the worship song, if, if, if I'm not dead, God's not done. Hallelujah. But what are we saying about that? What are we saying about that calling? The fact that we're justified, are we saying, yeah, you know, but I just did this really massive mistake. How can God ever love me? How can God ever use me? How in the world am I forgiven? Well, what are you declaring over your life? That your sin is greater than the love of God and the sacrifice that Jesus made for us? That seems awfully prideful, doesn't it? To think that you could do something that, that's greater than Jesus did for us? I'll tell you something. There's no way. What are we going to say about these things? If we're up to God, we'd never have any problems. We'd be, we'd be, I'll tell you, we'd be living in an unfallen world face-to-face -face with him all the time. Life would be awesome. <laughs> But God has made provision, and now the choice is yours and mine. And then glorified, the fact that we're glorified. God, God has placed you in a position where you can be an example to everybody else around you. Not just Pastor Kent, not just the leadership team here, but every single person who has the Spirit of God living on the inside of them. You and I have so much that God has given us, and we, we, we limit it by looking at the frame, that it's, the package that's been placed in, rather than opening up the package and seeing all that God has given us. Amen? So the question is, what shall we say of these things? What is our response to what God has declared over our lives? God has placed these things on the inside of us. He has done his work. You have received the Spirit of God on the inside of you. All power, all might, all authority, all ability. 
You have the mind of Christ. You have joy unspeakable. You have peace. You have, you have faith. You have every single attribute that Jesus had in his spirit is now alive on the inside of you. But what are you going to say about that? Are you going to say, I choose not to follow after God, but to follow after my, my five senses? Or are you going to say, I choose to put aside my five senses, and I choose to follow after what the word declares over my life? Now, I think every single one of us would say, I'm going to say, I choose to follow after God. But our actions speak louder than words sometimes. When we start, when we start being led by circumstances, when we start being led by this world, when we start being led by fear, even sometimes as believers. I tell you, fear should have absolutely no part in a believer's life. No part whatsoever. I'm not saying it doesn't come against us, but I will say it does not reign in our hearts because of what Jesus has done for us. I'll tell you, this is a powerful question. What are we going to do about these? What do we say about these things? What are we determining for the rest of our lives? Because all the promises are there. All the things that he has declared over our lives are powerful. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But what are we saying? What is our response when God says these things about us? So you know what I found so many times is, We'll hear something, or the Spirit of God will speak something to us, or we're going through a situation, and we hold up a promise, or somebody speaks a promise to us, and in that moment, it says that we choose, we choose life or we choose death. We choose the things of the Spirit or the things of the flesh. And our encouragement today is how many times when a situation comes up, we start to analyze it, process it, and put it into its place according to the flesh. Okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pay this? How do I, what do I look at? How do I process what they're saying about it? How do we put things in line? Okay, I need to change my schedule this way. Okay, I need to call a sitter for this. Our first response is sometimes the things of the flesh. How do I deal with this? How do I hold it and control it with my life and my sphere? And I'm just saying, Guys, God's wanting us to be people who first think of the word and first think of the spirit. And I know that sounds so simple, but guys, it's, it's an important dynamic of how we walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. So when something arises, when somebody speaks something, when you feel your heart starting to get frustrated at somebody, you go, you know what? Father, what does your word say? Lord, what does your spirit say? This is how we keep ourselves from limiting God within our lives. Because by limiting God in our lives, this was really when you and I decide we're boss. We're in control. We want to say when, where, and how God. Now, I'd love for you to pay the bill. I'd love for you to give the miracle. But can I tell you when I want the bill paid? And can I tell you how I want the miracle done? Anybody else guilty of that besides me? Like, God, I don't know why you didn't answer my prayer. He's like, it wasn't a prayer. It was a to-do list. I didn't say, Lord, have your will. Lord, show me your way. Lord, what's your promise I stand on? I gave him a to-do list. I need you to do this by this, and I need you to definitely fix this person by this time. And I need you to, right? And that's walking after the flesh, and somehow we're deceiving ourselves, thinking ourselves that we have this relationship with God. I have this great prayer life. No, it's this whole we're trying to get God to do what we want him to do versus this whole, Lord, my life is yours. It belongs to you. How do you want me to respond? What is my first response? And I'll tell you, your flesh will try to rise up, and your fleshly mentalities and emotions will try to come up. 
And that's, that's the whole, Mike always says this, that's the whole goal of the enemy is to get our eyes off the things of the spirit onto the things of the flesh. That can be little things, that can be big things, that can be a daily relationship, whatever. He's always trying to just get it on the flesh, just live out of the flesh. But there's this power when you and I keep turning to the things of the Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, show me how to walk after who you are today. It's like what Pastor Kent said at the beginning, we're already approved of God. We've been made righteous in the Lord. We've been given all of these promises. We've been given this authority, but also we've been given... Given the right, given the opportunity, then to say, what shall we say to these things? Yes, you know what, Lord, I'm I I'm your person. I I am here for such a time as this, Lord. You know what? You can do supernatural, and you start to believe that all the promises not only belong to you, they're supposed to be made manifest in you. You're expectant of them. You know, absolutely, I'm going to see healing. Absolutely, I'm going to see miracles. Absolutely, I'm going to walk in divine healing. And when something tries to come up against it, you look at it and be like, oh, no, 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 you are an intruder because I know exactly what I'm supposed to live in. I don't, we, we talked about this. I think we said this one other time. John Maxwell uses this quote. He says, you need to live a life that demands a supernatural explanation. Meaning that when people look at you, they go, how? And you're like, Jesus. It demands a supernatural explanation. You cannot credit your own smarts. You cannot credit your own strength. You cannot credit your own abilities. You have to bring it back to say it was the promises of God that you chose to believe. We have one of our Bible school teachers always talks about it's being a believing believer. How many people are believers, but yet they don't believe that that's actually, this is actually all for them? Maybe parts of it, and someday this will be there, and someday that will be that, and oh, but it's definitely for them. And no, it has to be like, I'm a believing believer that every single word in here is a picture of who I am. We were talking to our uh, Russian pastors, ministers, leaders a couple days ago. They had come together by Zoom. We had started um, in Russia something called Leaders of Grace and Faith, and so we just took a time just to encourage all the pastors, ministers that we have relationship with in Russia right now, just to encourage and be people of truth, stay on the word, be a light, be a salt at this time in Russia. You're here. for, You are there for such a time as this. But Mike said something that was really, really powerful. He said, you know, when you look at a natural mirror, it always has a rim on it, doesn't it? Usually a mirror will have a rim on it or it has boundaries on it so that it can hang. You know what's so powerful about this word is there is no borders around the possibilities of this mirror. This is showing you everything that you can be and there's no limitations around this mirror. And you have to look at it as a mirror that when you look in it, you see I am already approved. I have been made a son of God. I have been given all authority and might. I am. You see your position. You see your place. And when you see this mirror, it doesn't show you what you're going to be. Praise God, a natural mirror doesn't show us what we look like 10, 20 years from now. Praise God. None of us women would have a mirror around us at all, would we, ladies? Nope, thank you. I don't need to see what I'm going to look like in 20 years. 
Like, you know that little app that shows you what you're going to look like when you age? I refuse to do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay? No, this word doesn't show you what you're going to be. This word shows you who you are right now. What you look like in the spirit right now. And you can look at it and you can say, amen, hallelujah, so be it. Let it be done. Yes and amen. Or you can look at it and say, someday in the sweet by and by, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Or, oh, you know what? That's for my neighbor. Or that's for the leaders. Or that's for pastor. Or that's for Andrew Womack. Of course it works for them. And you will compare yourself to other people versus compare yourself to the word of God. And I'm telling you today, if you can learn to compare yourself to this word and see that it is your reflection looking back, because when Jesus sees you, he doesn't see you, praise Jesus. He sees, he sees Jesus. He sees himself. He sees the finished work. He sees that reflection of all the power and all the might and all the kingdom of God. And you and I got to get to a place of what do we say to these things? And I'm telling you, no one else can say amen for you. Amen. That's right. And, that's, and, and, I'm, and I'm saying that out of encouragement. I'm not saying that to, to bring condemnation. I'm not saying that to, you know, bring like, oh, man, I'm just a loser. I've been, no. That is to say, you know what, Lord? All right, I'm saying amen for me. I'm not letting anybody else tell me who I am, and I'm not going to listen to the enemy tell me who I am. But I'm saying, Lord, amen. I declare, I, I agree with what you said over me. If you look over in Romans, well, you can probably quote this as well, but Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, these are common scriptures that we know very well. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present yourself holy, a living sacrifice unto the Lord, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service. And how many people are, get really excited when they talk about living like a sacrifice? Dying to self. Dying to self. Being like, crucified. It's, it's not something that's a, it's a pretty picture. But I'll tell you something. It's, I'll tell you, if God's telling us to do something, it's not for his benefit. It's for ours. Okay? God's, God's benefit is the fact that we get to have a relationship with him. God's benefit is the fact that we partake in his divine nature. God's benefit is that we get to experience him, that he enjoys that. He wants his children to prosper. How many people in here are parents? How many people would sacrifice everything so that their kids could live a better life than they did? Amen. That's, that, that's the nature of God. That's his desire. And so when he's talking about being a sacrifice, it's because God knows that what he has in store for you is greater than anything you could ever imagine on your own. And that's powerful. That, that's amazing. So when he's saying be a sacrifice, present your body submitted to the Lord, it's because he knows that the great plans that he has in store for your life. We settle so much, so many times for second best or even third or fourth best. And God's saying, no, no, don't do it. Don't settle. Pursue after me. Lay down your own desires and watch where I'm going to take you. Watch what I'm going to do with you. Watch the people that you're going to stand before. The Bible says that we're going to stand before kings. We're going to declare the, the, the glory of the Lord. That's awesome. But so many of us, what we'll do is we'll, we'll settle because we, because we want the decision or we want to make sure that we at least get some standard that we establish in our life. And God's saying, some standard is not good enough for my kids. The very best is good enough for my kids. And when we present our, our bodies as a living sacrifice, 
then what we're doing, we're saying, Lord, I'm going to pursue after you no matter what the cost is, and I'm going to experience you every single moment of every single day. It goes on to say this in verse number two, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we can actually prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's that aspect of saying, Lord, I'm not going to think like this world. I'm not going to be taken captive by the thoughts of this world. I'm going to be set free, and I'm going to allow my heart to think with my mind, uh, with the mind of Christ, so that I start seeing a different picture. I start seeing things like you start seeing things. I start seeing things with your perspective, not my own worldly perspective. And as you start doing that, I'll tell you, the... <clears throat> The, 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 the borders, the boundaries, the, the, the limitations that we put on our lives begin to fall off because it's not about my ability. It's not about my skill set. I don't have to know how to do everything perfectly. If I'm submitted to the Lord, He knows how to do everything perfectly. I just have to walk in obedience to Him. It, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, Jesus said an amazing things to His disciples you know, remember, remember the people of the times, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, these people were studied. They were learned. They memorized full books, the books of Isaiah, the book of Jeremiah. They memorized these books, and they could get into what different meanings of different words actually, actually stood for and what, and what God meant when he spoke through these prophets. And, and, and they, they memorized the Pentateuch, and they, 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 they delved deep into the Kabbalah and all these different things that they were writing and studying. It was... It was it was not a light study. It was a deep study. So when Jesus looked at them and he said, uh, and he looked at the kids and he said, unless you become like these, you'll have no part in my kingdom. All of a sudden, it was a big slap in the face to everybody who, who had dedicated their lives to that point of growing in knowledge and in understanding of what they felt that God was trying to communicate. And that's the Christian life right there. Oftentimes, it's not just discovering what it declares in the Word of God, but it's forgetting those things which are contrary to the Word of God as well, our lifestyles that we have put in place. And God wants to break us free from those lifestyles. He wants us to take the limits off of Him because He wants to do things that you haven't even entered into your heart just yet. He wants to take you places. He wants you to minister to things that are the deep secrets of God. He wants... The word in the Old Covenant talks about how um, <clears throat> the Lord wakeneth me morning by morning, and he's given me the tongue of the learned that I may have a word for the weary. I'll tell you, if that's how it is in the Old Covenant, how much greater is in the New Covenant? Where we can be instant in season and out of season. We can not only, not only deal with people's issues, but we can deal with heart matters as well. We can speak directly to the hearts of people and see their lives completely set free and transformed. That's the capacity that we have. But oftentimes what we'll do is we'll walk, we'll walk on a surface level, and God's saying, the surface level is not good enough. I want you to know me. I want to know you. I want you to, to experience me in a different way to such a point where the overflowing aspect of our relationship transforms the nations and the societies around us. We're, we're running out of time, but um, while Mike was talking, I just really felt like the Lord was just speaking to this church, that there are couples, there are individuals in this church that, um, Pastor Kent, you have multiple ministries in this church. It's not just a church body. There is people in this room that God, you have a call of God on your life that you keep 
you haven't, there's, there's, there's several different types of people in this room. You feel like God's got something more for you, but you just don't know how to do it, so you keep pushing it down and saying that's way down in the future. I'm telling you that it's not down in the future, that it's right around the corner. So that's, 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 that's for certain people in this room. There's other groups of people in this room, individuals that have said, um, no, I, you know, I, God couldn't use me like that. I mean, you just shut down every time your heart gut starts to get stirred with more. You shut it down because you, have, you keep disqualifying yourself in the call of God on your life. You keep thinking that I've always been this way. I've always done this. I can't even imagine. Guys, can I tell you, God wants to touch in, reach in, and stir up your imagination that you could see yourself going and being and doing things you never thought you could do. And I'm telling you, you're the only one that can raise up your hand and say, here am I, Lord, use me. And it's been for, there's a number of you that have felt like, it's, it, it feels like it's, the enemy hasn't tied your hands. You have literally been doing this. And you have kept, you've held on. Sometimes there's a stir in your heart. There's something God is doing. And it's like you've been doing this, telling God that he can use everybody else. And I'll just follow. And God has called. There are multiple people in this room. God has called you to do something that is significant. And it's going to be birthed here in this church. So there is a seat. You are going to have to lift up your hearts and say, Lord, I refuse to limit you and put boundaries around you. I am going to raise my hand and say, Lord, whatever comfort zone I have to get out of, here I am. Lord, have your way within me. I don't know who you are, but there's something that God has put on your heart. And there's a time to raise your hand. You see who I'm, you know who I'm talking to? Peach shirt. Yep. Yep, raise your hand. There's something that God is stirring within you. And for a long time, you've just been like, no, you know, I'll just come alongside other people. And I'll just kind of be an ox that labors in the field alongside other people. But there's something God's wanting to stir within you. And not just you, there's multiple people in this room. And I'm telling you, you don't have to keep looking at yourself and the natural. You've got to look at yourself after the Spirit. That's why we've been sharing this. If we don't look in this Word and get a reflection of who He really is within us, we'll always have an excuse. And there's always, and we'll be the dam, literally, that shuts those things that God has created for you long before you were ever born. And there is a movement that God has placed, again, like Mike said, he's placed you here for such a time as this. So you become critical to the way things God's going to do things. I just want to say, you know, if what Carrie said was just there was extremely powerful. And I'm going to, in a moment, I'm going to ask you if, if that was speaking to you, if you feel that that word that was specifically that she just brought forward was for you. Uh, I'm going to ask you to stand, but I'm only going to ask you to stand if you're willing to make the change and step out. I'm not saying step out today and do it. I'm just saying you're willing to, to say, Lord, no more boundaries, no more hindrances. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you, and where you lead me, I'm going to go. 
And that means that whatever I have, whatever that costs me, I'm I'm willing to pay that price. I'm going to lay down everything else. And I believe there's people in here. You've already said yes to some things of God, but you feel a greater stirring that there's something more. Guys, I'm telling you, God gave me a word while we were talking. This is the great thing about teaching together is God can talk to me over on the side while He's preaching. But God gave me a scripture, and He actually He's told He asked me He asked me something very significant while. We were preaching today, and I have to answer it. No one else can answer that for me. I can't put that responsibility on Mike. That is something God asked me to do today. So I'm just saying, I'm standing already, okay? You are the only one who can say yes to those things. And so maybe it's already, you're already walking in a level, you're already serving, you're already doing some things, but there's some things that God's stirring up within you, and it's time to say, okay, Lord, I am not going to put any boundaries around you anymore. Here I am. Have your work. There's no more excuses. doesn't mean that there's not feelings. doesn't mean there's not circumstances, but they're no longer excuses. Amen? You give those things power or not. They might be, you legitimately may have chaos in your life, but it's no longer an excuse because you say, God, here's all the chaos, and you're going to work a miracle in it. Amen. So if that's you and you're, really, you're ready to make that, that declaration in your life, I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to pray over you. Hallelujah. Thank you, If you're Jesus. not ready to make that declaration, that's fine. That, that's, I appreciate the honesty and I appreciate you doing and that. And maybe you're walking in those things. Maybe you're doing those things right now and you say, you know what? I'm actually right, right in the middle of doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Amen. Keep doing it because it's critical for the next season of stretching, the next season of opportunity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As Andrew says all the time, we're going to, this is only for the people standing. So we're not going to let. Can't bootleg a prayer. We're going to let, we're going to be speaking. Oh, you can't bootleg this. We're going to be speaking over those people who are standing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, Heavenly Father, you see the hearts of your people. You see the excitement that your word has stirred up in them, Lord. And Lord, we're so excited about the things you're already doing in their lives, Lord. So we just speak a blessing over them, Father. Right now, Lord, we just come to you, Lord, we see those things which have hindered us before in the past will no longer hinder us moving from this point forward. We declare, Father, that we will lay those things aside and we will pursue after you with all of our hearts. The visions and the dreams and the things that you have placed on the inside of us, Lord, we will pursue after them with all of our might. We will let everything else fall to the side. We thank you, Father, that this involves relationship with you, deep understanding of who you are and who you've called us to be. And Lord, so we just declare right now in Jesus' name that no weapon formed against us shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against us you shall put down. We shall Amen. put down, Father. We will declare the, the day of the Lord, Father. And I just thank you, Father, that your abilities rise up on the inside yes. of us. It's no longer about our strength and our understanding, but it's about your wisdom working through us, Father. We take hold of those promises and those things that you have declared in our hearts. We say, Father, we will advance your kingdom and we will grow your glory. And, Father, you shall be glorified through our lives. And I thank you, Lord, that as we stand, we are standing in the power of your spirit right now. We're not standing in our own flesh and our own abilities or 
it's like I just see this picture, like when you stood up, your, your excuses stayed in your seat. So when you sit down, you sit on them, okay? Listen, you, you stand up and say, no more excuses, no more boundaries, no more lies that I'm believing, but I'm saying, Lord, I'm standing up. I belong to you, and I don't put limits on you anymore. So, Lord, we just say we're standing right now in the power of your spirit. And I thank you, Holy Spirit. You are bringing to light those things, the things they're supposed to learn, grow, obey in. Everything is, everyone has something different in this room. And Lord, I thank you. It's unique and it's powerful. But Lord, I thank you that each and every person that's in this room would have the courage not to look at themselves, but the courage to agree with what your word says. And that they and they alone would say, Amen. This is who I am. This is what God is able to do. So, Father, I just thank you that you just guard and you protect what you have stirred up within hearts this morning, that they would realize that they can arise and they can shine because the glory and the honor and the splendor and the excellencies and the authority of a majestic God is on each and every person in this room. And so, Father, I thank you, Spirit of God, make that revelation and alive in each heart heart in this room right now, that, Lord, we would step into a greater arena of our callings, our giftings, even if we are already serving. It's a whole other level, and so we just declare this, and we agree, and we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm saying this. It takes courage to be obedient. But praise God, he's our courage. We pull on the power of, the, of, of God's love for us. And you know what? I'm loved to God. So even if I start running and fall flat on my face, whoo, I'm loved, jump up and run again. That is the power of God's love for you. And we just want to encourage you in this. And just don't limit God. He's too big. His love is too great. And you're here for, for such a time as this to limit God. And so we're excited. So take, yeah, take the limits off of God. So we love you. Thank you for letting us share. Pastor Kent, thank you. You've got an amazing church with a body of believers that God's going to use to bring revival to this area and surrounding areas. And guys, you know what? Mike used the scripture. There will be, you and I will stand before kings and priests. Sometimes we look at that and we're like, dude, it's Perryville. Like, where's the king and priest? You have no idea where God's going to take you. And, and the thing is that the word of God actually calls you a king and a priest. So every there's individuals that God's bringing before you. And how God sees them, you may just see it as the clerk at the grocery store. God says, I just brought you before a king and a priest. I've just presented you before someone to share my word with. And I believe God's going to give you a different perspective of where you are and who's around you. Because you realize that who God's bringing you to is much bigger than what you and I see in our natural mind. There's a supernatural people that God's wanting to touch and the gifts and callings are in their lives. Don't limit God. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pastor Kent, for letting us share and pass this back to you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit Overcomers Church International 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. 